You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey there, guys. It's time for Slopescast. And I think this might be the last podcast of the year, Grizzly. <laughs> it is, yes. It is, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So our next podcast will be on the 4th of January, where we ring in the new year, and hopefully things won't be as dire and devastating as it was this or the last year. Um, so let's all look up and be hopeful and mm-hmm. just be thankful that 2021 is behind us. So. Absolutely. Hopefully no more Transformer-sounding variants make their way here. The most important thing is, guys, that everybody here stays safe. Uh, we here on Slopes Cast, and the people listening in as well, we wish you guys a very, very Merry Christmas, or whatever it is you guys are celebrating. Thank you all so, so much. Uh, in fact, you know what we're going to do? A little extra on Slopes Cast. This is all like, off the cuff. Let's unmute the people we have in here. Actually, I think someone's at work, sneakily working, so they won't be able to talk. But yeah. uh, <laughs> so Michael Towns. Well, someone is a major, major contributor to this show. Michael Towns, are you there, mate? Can you hear us? Is your mic on? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. It well, says, I'm sure... hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, okay. He'll say, he'll say Merry Christmas to everybody in just one sec. And then we're going to put him back on mute anyway. <laughs> yeah. Where but, he um, belongs. Yeah. Like, guys, <laughs> we've been doing this now for quite some time. Uh, we're really, really enjoying it. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just want to really thank you guys for, you know, growing the numbers and, 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 and being a part of this. We really enjoy you guys coming out. We're now on uh, Extra Slope as well, as of what about? a few months ago we moved it onto extra slope as well as uh, uh twitter and i'm sure we'll push it onto other platforms too live we're looking at doing things on on um uh, uh twitch uh, not twitch sorry on on twitter no i said twitch twitter we're on twitch what? now we're going to be looking at doing things on twitter as well live in the voices thing uh, maybe other places as well who knows but uh the more ears uh on what we're doing the better so thank you all so much for supporting us. We really, really like doing it. Yeah. There he is. There he is. Hey, Michael Towns. Hello. Hey, he's a long-time supporter of the, uh, of the show and the podcast. So I thought I'd actually have you You're always listening in live, along with Chev Matic, which I don't think he's not able to talk right now. But uh, I don't know if you wanted to give everyone that's listening a big Merry Christmas or anything. Uh, big old Merry Christmas. I mean, nice. Yeah, absolutely. And cheers, mate, for all your support this year as well. Really appreciate it. Oh, good. Happy to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, we've got Michael Towns, Chev Matic, who's in the uh, the voice chat, but he's obviously talking. People like John Rogers, always here. Republican of Game, uh, uh, obviously Vikeko. There's loads of other people here. Andy Norton, thank you guys so much. Uh, Vitas Varnes, um, Griffin of Might, for all of your uh, su- su- suggestions uh, that we put in. Rainer's always in the chat as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and for all of you people out there, I don't know your names because you listen in. Really appreciate yours very, very much so. 
also, just while Mike is unmuted, I just wanted okay. to uh, make some people aware. Like, there's a few episodes ago. I can't remember exactly which one we were talking about, but it was one of the first ones where we used Craig for our recording. And there just so happened that there was some swear words in the background. And apparently someone was being attacked by their cat. Isn't that right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, he, he was biting me. Uh, yes, <laughs> probably for good reason. So if you are listening to, through to a few podcasts or if you remember that happening and going, where is that voice coming from? What is that? <laughs> you're, you're listening to him. And that is why we definitely press the mute button now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. Meow we do. indeed. Meow indeed. But yeah, here we go. Thanks to so, everyone um, for uh, listening to our voices and and coming back for more. So much appreciated. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you very much, guys. Really appreciated it. Cheers. Right, let's get on to the topics for today, of which we have six, as usual, plus a few more. And as usual, the awesome Grizzly Cryden is going to talk us through the six topics of conversation. That I shall. So today we are going to talk about Shark Shark uh, for the Amico, which is the latest deep dive, or it would have been if it wasn't for the fact that Missile Command came out yesterday. So we're going to talk about that too. Hooray! Double Amico. Absolutely. Um, Two Amico topics. So we're probably going to need to change a few things up in terms of like um, subjects and what have you. And then we talk about another double topic, which is about the uh the legendary yuji naka mm-hmm. um and his involvement in his latest game uh which is a mobile game called uh i believe it's shoot 2048 mm-hmm. and then we're going to take a little turn to the hmm side uh which is in regards to a star fox clone which yuji naka had a bit of a hand in its cancellation uh yeah you might want to stick around for that one. If yeah, all you've you're not going to hear me talk negative content. about any kind of Sega history stuff, but unfortunately today it's called for. We'll get to that shortly. But it'll be soon followed up by actually a positive Sega topic, which that, is... That's right. So we're going to be looking at the new Astro City Mini uh, arcade cabinet thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Then we're going to look at the tiniest NES console ever. And rounding out a very hardware-heavy slopes cast, we're looking at the Amiga 500 Mini, which now has its full game list revealed. Yep. And then lastly, as it is the last episode of 2021, we're going to discuss our favourite games of the year and maybe a few dishonourable mentions too. Yeah, absolutely. And there we go, guys. That is literally it. So thank you all so, so much. And um Let's get into topic number one. Go on, there's some people in the chat. I'm seeing Uya Amico uh, having Amico Day is here in Ninja Kitty. We've got a few Amico lovers. Um, lovers in not necessarily the fact that they're big supporters of it, just they're very they're, they're big lovers in, in following news on the Amico. And we're going to start off by talking about Shark Shark. That's um, off to you guys. You never miss a trick and I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I appreciate you guys ha- uh, having you guys around. I really do. Um, now, Tommy Tallarico does his, um, uh, let, let's be honest, slightly embarrassing, but he knows he's doing it. He knows yeah. he's doing it. Slightly embarrassing intro uh, for Shark Shark, uh, where he talks about John Alvarado's waxed moustache, which is a very impressive moustache, we must, uh, must agree. Um, yeah, so this is the latest one. It's uh, obviously another reimagined game from the old days. Um, it, what I remember it to be is one one of the original Xbox Live games for the Xbox 360, where you basically play as a small fish and you go around eating slightly bigger fish 
until you eventually become the biggest fish. But you can't get eaten by fish that are bigger than you. It's that feeding frenzy, I believe it was called. Feeding frenzy, that was it, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we got to have a deep dive of this. Now, honestly, what I've just told you is probably all you need to know. Maybe see some screenshots, a little bit of gameplay. But this is a almost 20 minute video talking about that incredibly simple mechanic. Which what are we're your definitely thoughts? Not, we're definitely <laughs> not going to be deep diving into a deep dive about fish. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's pretty basic, isn't it? <laughs> it's not yeah. much to say. Uh, as you say, it's, it reminds me it's almost entirely of Feeding Frenzy. It's very basic. Yeah. fish game where you have to eat smaller fish and therefore become big fish and then eat the bigger fish as you become bigger fish mm -hmm. um i don't know what else there is to say um it's still got that 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 uh, like a lot of amico games it's still got that um uh, mobile game aesthetic about it uh where yeah. basically you have to be able to do as well as you can get the best score on that amount of levels that it has but like I said, it's very, very basic. Um, the way the actual fish move, I'm guessing, is going to be the same way that the Echo Spiritual Successor uh, Dolphin game will move. And that's done by the uh, 62 or 64 point uh, directional pad, which is actually a circle. Um, and apparently, I mean, I, I've never played it, but the way that they're actually bigging it up, I mean, obviously, they're going to big it up like this. It's their console, but it feels really nice to control it that way, apparently. Um, I mean, it looks smooth enough, right? I mean, the frame rate seems to be holding up, but really, this is like graphically, it's not exactly Red Dead Redemption, is it? You know, no, of course, it's, it's, it's not. No, 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 no. This is as basic as it goes. Uh, someone in the comments uh, recently just said there that the shark itself looks like Bruce from uh, Finding Nemo, and yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, there, there's so little to talk about with this. Uh, you, you go around the screen eating tiny fish. Try not to get eaten by slightly bigger fish until you become the biggest fish. Um, and that's it, really. Yeah, I'm pretty sure nature doesn't work that way, but, you know. And when you when you finish a level, it says, sophisticated. That is the classic mm -hmm. shiny wit going to, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's Tommy Tallarico's humour right there. It really is. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not, a, there's, like I say, there's not a lot to talk about here. Honestly, this is not one of the titles that I'm that excited about. But I would be lying if I told you when I first saw this and I was having a look through it. Uh, my daughter was in there and she's was amazed, mesmerized by it. My daughter's four, just so you, <laughs> to give you guys. Um, this is a game I'll be playing with her. And I, you know, I think that that's the angle that Tommy would come in to it with if he, if he went into this with criticism. And it's true. You know, my, my daughter is going to like playing this with me. Um, but at the same time, I believe I've still got Feeding Frenzy on my Xbox 360. Yeah. And I, I felt like that game did everything it, that this type of game could possibly ever do. It's, I, I get the impression, right, when it comes to Amico games, and I apologize if I'm wrong, but it's almost as if they're being pushed forward in a sense that it's free um it's free to be like free from criticism because it is what it is it's a game about fish eating fish and that's it that's primarily what they're going for it's like saying pac-man can be criticized you, dots, you can't yeah. you 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 run around a maze you eat the dots and then you either succeed and carry on or you fail and have to start again. And that seems to be like the driving force of pretty much every Amico game and every arcade game when you think about yeah. it. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah, exactly. 
I'm not saying that's a for or against. I'm saying that just seems to be the way they're driving this whole thing. Um, mm. Because I've got to say, like, I could really leave this this one in particular. I'll, it's one of those games that I'd play for a little bit if it was part of a mini game collection. Is is um, maybe the people in the chat can uh, can tell me? But is this one of the six that you get free? Mm. Maybe someone in there can tell me. I can't remember if it is or not. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that. Uh, Have an Amico Day channel says, "Well, the game is technically free, so that makes sense." You know, it's <laughs> free it, it, from criticism. They've put themselves into a corner because I mean, I can't really criticize this. Because this is the best this type of game could possibly ever be. The only thing they could do better is add online multiplayer, which obviously the system isn't going to be doing. But other yeah. than that, I don't know what else they could possibly ever do with this. Add more levels? I mean, you could say that about any game in existence ever. You know? <laughs> like, it, it, it's an, it, there's nothing yeah. else to this. This is the best that this game could be. And the fact that this is a, a reimagining of an old Intellivision game, uh, which is essentially the exact same game, but just obviously, uh, you know, not as pretty as this one. Hey, I, they've done what they've needed to do. Um, yeah. I'm going to have an all right amount of fun with it. Um, I, I, I do see it being, I suppose, a little bit... Because technically it's the same game, if you think about it, as, as something like the... the tank battle or whatever it's going to be or battle tank whatever they decide to call it where you're just basically two people uh uh trying to hit each other and i'm assuming the fun would be if you're playing this cooperatively uh trying to eat each other um in, in like some massive battle i think that would actually be quite fun but then essentially it is the same game as as the uh as the tank game yeah uh, a sensible I'm, I'm person just... says would you guys pay 10 quid for this no i wouldn't if no. it's a free game yes I'd probably pay up to maybe four pounds for it, maybe three or four pounds for it. Um, you know, as not when there's a massive selection, but for a launch on a system like the Amiga, I'd probably spend a few quid on it, but it's not a 10 pound game. Um, and I think that they would be silly if they did make a game like this 10 pound. But I, I, one, I yeah. think it's free, and two, I don't think it will be a tenner. This, this I've got to say, um, when it, when it comes to this one, this is the kind of thing I'd expect to see on an iPad. Uh, being played by two very clumsy individuals um just swirling their fingers around in like an analog motion i i, I i'm trying not to be too negative because there's that is a trap in itself um, yeah but in no, reality it. it's you know it yes it's a pack-in but you know it doesn't really scream value to me on this one i gotta admit yeah yeah no that's fair that's fair so you got this one um it is what it is really that's yeah all it that's is, ex you know? that's exactly what it is just yeah. it is <laughs> it is is yeah that's what it is um and then they followed that up after you made the uh awesome looking thumbnail and for people that don't know uh that watching live the, the the big awesome thumbnails that we have are always made live on our discord and you can actually watch in and give your uh suggestions to grizzly every monday night um yep. before the podcast goes live and after you created it after it was all finished and I woke up in the morning and I saw it, I also saw a notification that Missile Command is the next deep dive. So unfortunately it didn't make the uh, thumbnail, but we have finally got some uh, gameplay footage showing of Missile Command. Now, so this one I really, really um, wanted to see because Missile yeah. Command is one of my favourite arcade games. I loved playing it on trackball uh, back in the day. And everyone yeah, yeah, remembers yeah, yeah, that. Sure. Everyone remembers that yeah, scene from Terminator, Terminator, Terminator 2 mm -hmm. where uh, John Connor's playing Missile Command and Trackball and it just looks like so much fun, even though it's so rudimentary uh, rudimentary mm -hmm. graphics-wise. Um, 
but yeah, <laughs> you, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know my thoughts in a moment. Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Um, so obviously I was more excited about hearing about this. Um, I think it's... Mm. So I am excited by the way it controls. Um, I mean, I haven't, I haven't felt it. I haven't controlled it myself. But the way they explain the way that it controls does interest me. So gameplay-wise, I'm very intrigued about playing this. Because, I mean, it is... Again, like like uh, Sharky Shark Shark and, and 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 the tank battle game, they're they're reimagining the most basic of game possible, and it's getting to a point like, what else can you possibly do with it except this? Um, and I think the real draw for this one is the actual gamepad itself. So for those that don't know, um, you're, you're holding the Amico controller on its side. If you imagine, for me, I'm right-handed. So if you imagine the screen is on where my left thumb is, and on the right, you've got the dial circle pad thingy. So the left, where, you're, where the screen is, that is 100% a touchscreen. And when you're watching the player and you're seeing the, uh, uh, the, the retinal like shoot about the screen, that's quite cool. And for anyone out there that's ever played Missile Command with an analog stick or a D-pad, even worse, that's not fun. Um, it's, um, it's, it's virtually just not, no point playing it. Um, yeah. It's not really going to be any different in that sense than playing it on an iPad. But hey, there you go. Now yeah. on the... Uh, on the right-hand side, you've obviously got that uh, that circle pad. Uh, if you imagine it as a D-pad, it's just as good. Um, if you hit the left, you will shoot missiles from the left. If you click up, you'll shoot missiles from the middle. And if you shoot right, you'll shoot missiles from the right. Uh, if you shoot down, it will just shoot missiles from the one that's nearest, but they will go slower. So that's your handicap for basically taking the easy way out. Um, I'm very excited um, from what I'm seeing. However... I can't deny, I think the graphics are as basic as they could possibly be. Uh, I wish they tried a little bit harder. Basically, at the bottom of the screen, like you would uh, see in something like the original Space Invaders, you've got like, you know, the one, two, three, four uh, little bases that you've got to cover. They've literally just put four pictures of cityscapes. Why can't that be this beautiful, long, like, skyline where you're just taking pieces out as, as it, uh, the, the missiles are taking pieces out as they go rather than just yeah. six? static cities it, and, and these enormous looking guns it doesn't really look like anything it looks like it's a clip art mashup um gameplay wise i think it looks good i just wanted them to have a little bit more care and attention into the actual gameplay uh sorry into the actual look of the game uh but gameplay wise i think it looks fun uh, and i think i will have a lot of fun with it yeah i think that's the only thing that's really bothering me about this is the art style uh, as you say it looks very much like clip art it looks like um you know, just random pictures. I'm yeah. not saying this is where they came from. Okay, <clears throat> so calm yourself down, <laughs> uh, Amico things. But it does look like Google images that have been, you know, transparent, uh, made transparent and put on the back. I've just sent you a link, Dan. Would you mind uh, sticking that up on screen for us? Yeah, um, so this, uh, what we're about to show you is Missile Command Recharged, uh, which came out on iPad, or is, I believe it's, either out or it's coming out and just look at that compared to uh what we're seeing this is what we could have won is the um, way i see okay. it i think what you've sent me is uh, was it is there a time that i need to get to this is a jerry Mac uh, a little bit little bit further on a little bit further on say a good minute in i'd say minute or two okay so they're definitely going for the um uh what was the what was the game geometry um, war style geometry just look style, at yeah. that flashy ve uh, vector style graphics 
that's the kind of thing I want from a uh, like a retro re re-release or an upgraded retro game. And mm-hmm. that feels like Missile Command. And it looks very basic, yeah, sure, but it's got all of those particle effects. It just feels modern in in its own way. And I yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I always say like the first game that made me want to buy a 360 was Geometry Wars. Like that's the game that made me want to buy that that next gen system. And it's a basic looking game, but it still looked beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, you're not wrong. This looks really, really nice. And I think if they had, even if they had an option just to change what was originally there into these like you know neon looking uh, yeah. Tetris effect style, uh, give you the option. Um, yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, yeah, so what else could they do with it? They could definitely upgrade the graphics a bit. I think gameplay wise, it sounds yeah. really quite cool, but graphically, uh, yeah, gameplay. Sure this one. Gameplay looks absolutely fine, and I'm sure if you reskinned it into something like this, it would translate really, really well. Um, my biggest, the biggest fault with graphics of like the style they've gone for is it gives it the impression of looking cheap, and over time, you you start to see the pixelations, you start to feel the age of the graphics and that's just that's just standard of anything that's got any kind of realistic depictions in there um we've got people in the chat yeah. they're asking the question here so he's, yeah, he's asking me it's going to be for both of us this one is not a packing game so this right. is coming from a sensible person so this one is not a packing game maybe you already have the rfid card but do you think this one is worth 10 quid for a download or 20 uh, for a card? Have, have I actually got this on my shelf? I think this is one of the ones I've got. Yeah, it is. I can see it. I've yeah. got the game up here. <laughs> Let's have a look. Let's have a butcher's, shall what we? A um, time that we live in where I'm holding the game. I can see the game, but I can't play the game. <laughs> but you could tap the game, yeah? And give it a little tappity tap. Not working. No. Um, so um, what, uh, uh, they're saying, do you reckon this one's worth a tenner? Um, Be honest. Uh, that's the thing, right? If Amico has demos, I'll probably get my fill from that. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. It's a good point. Yeah. Like, um, I wonder if they'll go down a route of where you know they would offer this as a demo, like the same as a mobile phone thing, um, or like better mobile phone games do this at least, where yeah. they um, say, "Here you go, here's a game, a demo. Get the first, I don't know, five to ten worlds, whatever." But you want the next five to ten? That's like a couple of quid. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love, as I said, I love Missile Command. I genuinely do. It mm-hmm. doesn't look like the best version of Missile Command, but. Graphically, I think gameplay-wise, I think it looks pretty damn good. Yeah, I I think I'd want to try it just for the controller. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really do feel like this is where the input method... You know, traditionally, it was played on a trackball, as I say. You couldn't play it on a joystick. You can't play it on a D-pad really all that well. Touchscreen Mm -hmm. works because it's nice and accurate. But really, you want that kind of inaccuracy of the trackball where you have to build up dexterity and learn it. I feel like that can be somewhat replicated with an Amico controller, but this is where they could really benefit from having alternate alternate like control methods. I would love to see the paddle controller make a return for the likes of Breakout. I'd love to see a trackball return for the likes of Missile Command. You know, I'd, if it had that, it would be a dead cert. I can literally, I've just gone to the Google Play Store, I can literally install Missile Command Recharge now from Atari as we speak. You know what we've just done? We've just bigged up an Atari VCS game. I mean, it's obviously not just for the VCS, but yeah. um, 
yeah, yeah, I've just gone to the Google Play Store. You can download it, and there it is. Um, unfortunately, I think that one does look better. Uh, the thing is, you type in Missile Command on the uh, App Store. In fact, let me move the screen over, and people can see what I'm actually seeing. Uh, so you've got the Atari game right there, Missile Command Al Alpha Cat Studio. Oh, no, okay, I'm thinking of a different show. There, uh, there's probably still... loads of mimic, mimics. Yeah, yeah. Th th this, is a, this, this, unlike some of the other games he's doing, um is a is is a game that's been redone it's been done a lot um yeah. so like you say what you're really paying for is the experience to see what it feels like with the new controller um which is what this has what which is what their version has going for them compared to to others um just going by pictures but yeah i mean that looks very similar doesn't it very like, very similar but that's that's got us so much going on it's got an art style it looks a bit like that patapon game as i say there like the i i really like the long um landscape and you can just about see which which is each each base and if you compare that to yeah. actually what's on here that is they're not all the same i don't think. yeah well there's there's, yeah. there's yeah there's some I think, like i think they're duplicated yeah, yeah yeah um it's a bit basic unfortunately i mean if you go back to the other one if you were to tell me the Amico concept and then I was to expect like a high quality experience where, you know, everything's got that um, arcadey original style gameplay, mm -hmm. um, but in a modernized thing, this is what I'd expect to see. Yeah. The, the other is what I'd expect to see on end of 2000s Newgrounds. There you go. It. Look, not one thing repeated. That is literally the skyline that you got. Like it's actually a bit of a city skyline. So you got like Paris there. You got New York over here. I mean, there's like Tokyo and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, mm. it's yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm it, just picking one random things. ones out here, but uh, it just showing that this is not. This is one that has been done a lot. Um, now I don't want to be. I don't want to be too harsh, but I've got to say, price sets expectation. And then what we get for £10 nowadays is a hell of a lot bigger than what we used to get for £10, you know, back in the Xbox 360 days. Mm -hmm. times, have, times have moved on and you've got, you've got to bring it. Look at that. Oh, that, that one I had playing, so I've closed it, yeah. That black and white aesthetic. How good does that look? It looks like Missile Command meets Limbo. Mm -hmm. It's like, one of those things. I think this is one that... Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm repeating what I'm saying here, but it looks like it needs an upgrade game uh, graphically uh which i don't think it will do this late on gameplay wise i am in, i'm intrigued yeah i i dig art styles so when it comes to like games that are running on lesser hardware again not making assumptions here you know running on lesser hardware that have less oh, that's, that's a given less yeah, less going on and it's just about the gameplay and the art style really helps elevate it um, mm -hmm. into something that becomes memorable something replayable music is important too i can't hear the music here of course um mm -hmm. i'm going to assume it's going to be quite basic or have like a electric guitar laden thing because that seems to be quite standard across most amico games i heard him say that he went to a fireworks fair of some sort and recorded the fireworks shooting off and then put those into the game um interesting mm. Mm. yeah so again i would I pay money for it? Ten pounds. Ten pounds too much. It is too much. Yeah. Because um, if the most they're going to ever ask for is a tenner, that's where yeah. Earthworm Jim sits in my eyes. And I, yeah. I, in my mind, I'm thinking Earthworm Jim three to the same level of Earthworm Jim one and two. Whether we get that, we'll see. But I'm expecting the next Earthworm Jim to be as good as one and two, 
that's your top tier price game. I mean, I would pay full price for that because I'm that much. That's, uh, that's the make or breaker. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, if £10 is the most they're going for, that's a £10 game. Fish, fish, three quid. I'd probably pay up to a fiver for this, maybe six at a push. Um, but like I say, the, the main draw is just because I want to experience it on, a, uh, on that controller. Yeah. If, if if it's several years into the Amico's life and this comes out, I wouldn't want to spend no more than 99p. Yeah, that's the thing. Because the, I would already be used to the controller by then. The controller is an important factor. That's the reason why retro games still sell really well mm-hmm. on new new formats that have, di- have new and interesting control methods is because it gives you a familiar experience with a new feel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I would pay for it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's pretty much the only reason I'd pay for it. Yeah. So that's that's not a that's not in any way an endorsement. It's merely a case of saying, right, well, if I'm going to buy something for this, it'll be this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So people, I, I said I didn't want to be too harsh, but I was egged on to be harsh. There you go. That's me. Hey, at the end of the day, we're being honest here. Um, not everything yeah. they've shown has really been a massive uh, selling point for us. Uh, this is quite interesting. What they're showing off here, the uh, the multiplayer where you can actually shoot each other from up and down on the screen, like one of you's at the top, one of you's at the bottom. That yeah, that's cool. Manic and things like that. That's what draws me in. Uh, I yeah. really like the idea of that. Um, what else can they do with the with the games? Stuff like this. Let's see. Let's see more of that. So yeah, there we go. Make it make it more high score based. Do a Pac Man Championship Edition or something like that, where yeah. it changes up the standard gameplay with something that makes it ludicrous but really enjoyable. You know, yeah. that's that's what Namco did really really well, and they keep doing it. Um, they still find new ways to reinvent, but this just seems a bit by the numbers. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. Like I say, we're not going to just sit here and be constantly positive on the Amico. I am still very excited for the system. Um, uh, this is not one of the games I'm overly worried about. Very nice, very nice artwork on the cover, though. I will say that. Uh, very, mm. very nice. I, I, I love that old school. Um, yeah. I, I'd love to learn how to do artwork like that myself. It's beautiful. So, yeah, there we go. They're the latest two deep dives. Let's see what they bring in next. Um <laughs> oh dear right now let's chat about uh yuji naka of course uh of sonic fame um yeah uh yep uh more recently not doing so well for himself going over to square enix and telling them hey i made sonic want me to make a platformer for you hell yeah we do here's balan wonder world wonderland whatever it is um yeah that didn't go too well yeah <laughs> We've, we've the biggest mistake that yeah it's, it went bad yeah we, we we've spoken about Bolon uh Balan Blunder World <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was so close so so close and then um, did it yeah absolutely uh, but yeah it's not been looking too good for Yuji Naka recently and let's just be honest uh, there you know he's had a bit of a bad run and I met you know. Last time we spoke about Yuji Naka, I made a bit of an assumption. I turned around and said that he's a great programmer. Um, but one thing that I noticed is that for the games that he's directed, he hasn't been so hot. And he's only really done a couple. And I think, and you know, one of which was Balan Wonderworld. You know, it's just, <laughs> and Rodea's Sky Soldier. He just doesn't know how to I lead didn't a mind project. That. I generally didn't mind that. He needed more polish, but I enjoyed um, uh, Rodea. Yeah. I feel like he's a better programmer than he is a leader, is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. But you can't fault the guy for wanting to constantly invent and do new things. So when 
This is this is the nice part of the Yuji Naka talk, by the way, tonight, guys. Yes. Round. I've yeah. got a little bit of gameplay footage. So, yeah, he, he he's he's gone off and made his first game um, entirely by himself uh, for like the first time in what twenty seven years, something like that. Yeah, That's and uh, and it's a um, it's an iteration on twenty forty eight, that classic like mobile phone game where you have to make bigger numbers out of smaller numbers. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a bit like shark shark but with uh like dungeons and dragon dice i guess but yeah Yeah. super casual game it's not really much to write home about but hey it's a game by yuji naka that you can play today so Mm -hmm. maybe you would like to i like how there's a big button for turn off ads on the official video no no this is just i found someone right okay and uploaded a very small amount of the game yeah literally i have to loop it now it's 50 seconds in um yeah uh yeah you flick up a dice you hit dice with the same number um and that is it yeah those dice obviously then double in that number and hopefully they hit other dice with those numbers when you're scrolling down instagram every four or five posts you get an advert for a game exactly like this you're like oh wow i actually do want to try that game out that absurd breakout game where you uh, have to shoot balls through a, a maze of blocks that all have numbers on or, or that that ebony yeah. uh, ebony game where you have to try and get the guy to the gold without without drowning him or without dropping the uh, the lava on his head or whatever and when you download it you realize it's actually a, a, a turn-based rpg game and nothing like what the, the video shows you but videos and um, uh, those adverts are just literally games like this it's awesome hey but this one's done by the Sonic guy that someone that you know he's gone off for the first time in 27 years and made himself a little game on Unity and chucked it up on the uh, on on the Play Stores and whatever. Yeah. It's here. Um, the fact that it's from the Sonic guy alone is uh, an exciting thing. But there's not really much else to say other than that. Um, yeah. This is a man without a license and without a box to tap on. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you got to remember this isn't his first foray into really basic basic games. Um, he put out a game called uh, Let's Tap because he walked into his uh, developers or one of the developer studios when he was at Probe, I think it was, or Probe. And yeah, uh, he, yeah, he uh, uh, saw the vibrations come up on the screen when he tapped the table and the Wiimote was on the table. So he'd made an entire game where they basically sold you a cereal box with the game and you put the, the Wii controller on the cereal box and you tap the box. Uh, and depending on how the rhythm of the way you tap it, it does it. And that. if you want to get even more basic than that, he'd done a game called Let's Catch, uh, I think it was, uh, where you literally just throw a ball to each other, an invisible ball, um, and catch it. It's so, basically the, um, you know, that Switch 1, 2, 3 game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. price release for each, each <laughs> game, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's it's it, it's kind of sad to see, to be honest. You know, he, he said that he was thinking about retiring after Ball and Wonder World, and you know, no, he wouldn't I, done this. Please don't let this be the last thing you ever do, mate. <laughs> exactly. I'd I'd like to see him actually get back into you know making the kind of classic games he used to, but I think that time has genuinely passed. I don't yeah. think people will trust him after Ballon. Absolutely, I was which is sad. Fun. Some other video of it, but yeah, I've only found one fifty-two second video of someone playing very badly. But hey. Uh, we're just here to tell you this exists. It's yeah. So that's a thing. That is a thing that Yuji mm-hmm. Naka has done. Now let's talk about another thing that Yuji Naka has done. And to be honest, this this kind of like you know, whenever you hear the ter- uh, the phrase "never meet your heroes," 
It's probably because they've done something like this and it makes you go, it actually makes you angry. Um, yeah. I mean, you're talking about Yuji Naka at the height of his popularity, a bit of a Shigeru Miyamoto, a guy that could do no wrong um, and stepping on another development studio within Sega um, and basically getting them cancelled so he can nick the technology for Sonic. Yeah. So basically, yeah, let, let's just start off here by saying that this is uh, all very much allegedly. You've got to say allegedly in front of all of this. This is an Absolutely, article that came yeah. in uh, from the awesome after be, uh, after an interview was put out uh, by the awesome Retro Hour podcast. Uh, fantastic podcast. I've actually been interviewed by them myself and even went, went abroad with them as well for a convention in Norway. Um, uh, yeah, great guys. And they recently interviewed uh, Mark so Subotnik. <laughs> yeah, um, which you, you couldn't make him up. So I'm just going to no. put this guy on my shoulder. This is Subotnik. I'm going to keep him nice, nice and uh, happy. So he was the um, uh, he was a producer at Sega of America uh, during the period of basically when the uh, Dreamcast was being launched. One of the games that was being launched is a game I have here. Actually, I'm going to quickly put mm -hmm. this into full screen. This is an early repro uh, of the game. Um, it hasn't got all of it on there, uh, but it's a game called Geist Force. Um, by the cover, I was expecting it to be a shmup, but no, it is a Star Fox game through and through. Um, so basically, this guy, uh, if I move the screen over, I can actually show you some gameplay footage as well. Here we go. You'll realize it is literally Star Fox, but Sega's answer to Star Fox. Um, uh, yeah, but basically, what went down is his team were working on this. They went, they got quite far into this. It wasn't like the most groundbreaking game of all time. He even states that himself. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, it was. It would have been a cool launch title for the Dreamcast, regardless. Um, you know, it, it would have been good. It would have been good. Yeah, it's the, it's the kind of thing you'd expect to see at the start of the Dreamcast. I mean, it was basically the Dreamcast version of Panzer Dragoon, only it had less enemies, and you know, it didn't get as far as Panzer Dragoon did. But yeah, I could totally see myself playing this. Yeah, I it looks fun. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So basically, this is how it goes, and it's uh, written up here again by Damon McFerrin, um, a great, great person over on Nintendo Life who reported on this. So this is a sad story, and I'm going to tell the truth. And if it comes back to bite me, so be it, because there's no love lost in how this actually went down. The team was doing uh, decently well. We had started to really discover fun. Uh, we were hitting some bumps in the road on, but uh, otherwise we were doing all right. We had shown, uh, shown this demo at TGS 1998, and people were relatively excited about the progress of the game. It was looking amazing. Yuji Naka walks in. Uh, he came to visit with um, with his team to tour our studio and look at our tools and engine. We had um, we had a lot of proprietary and really uh, phenomenal tech. I would say still to this day we had some stuff that uh, I haven't seen replicated quite at the level that we had. Naka didn't realize that the people on my team, a lot of them, spoke fluent Japanese, including my lead designer. Naka started speaking in Japanese, assuming that no one would understand what he was saying. Uh, he started talking about what parts of our tech they were going they were going to be taking for Sonic. Obviously, they're talking about Sonic Adventure here. Sonic, and then basically said as soon as they ship, fire everyone um, but one of the engineers who knows their system and roll him onto our team for Sonic. And my team heard all of that, so you can imagine how they felt. Naka was pretty powerful at Sega at the time. Of course he was. you got to think this was coming off the back of the, um, the Sega Saturn. Sega were like, let's not make another mistake. Let's get a 3D Sonic game out there. Sonic Adventure was pretty much the reason I got heavily back into gaming. I was um, going through a little phase myself of 
really only playing Wipeout, but spending most of my time DJing and playing a few rhythm games, stuff like that. But yeah, like I said, it's been all my time DJing. But then when I started seeing Sonic Adventure, oh, let's get a Dreamcast. This was it. Finally, a 3D Sonic game. I was excited. And yeah, he, uh, um, Yuji Naka, uh, l- 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 you know, from Sega's point of view, let's please this man. Let's please this man because, you know, he's the one that's yeah. bringing this. Um, and unfortunately, this is one of the stories from... Um, uh, one of the people that were working on this eventually cancelled game, Guys Force. It didn't. It didn't end up coming out. And as you can see by the gameplay footage, um, uh, I'll tell you right now if you're listening, it looks like it's pretty much finished. If I'm honest, yeah, um, it looks. It looks like Star Force, uh, Star Fox mix meets Panther Dragoon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's looks pretty well developed. I mean, some of the UI elements look a bit ropey, but. You know, a lot of games did have ropey UIs back then. A bit of uh, anti-aliasing that needed to be taken care of, but it was pretty much there. Um, it's a real Four months it's, would have been a complete game for sure. Yeah, it's real sad that this never really made it because I think about the games that did launch on, you know, with the Dreamcast, and there's quite a few that would be considered a bit, you know, ropey even by nostalgic standards. Things like Toy Commander and what have you. I know a lot of people like Toy Commander, but. Um, I'm also thinking like that. What's that Red Dog game um, where you you're driving around in tanks? I'd pre- I'd prefer to play this over something like that, um, especially after coming off the N64 and playing Star Fox and wanting more. You know, considering yeah, yeah, Nintendo yeah. won't do it. Yeah, it's just really really sad. Um, and I can see why an article like this has come out, even though it's you know so many years after, is because the guy is genuinely feeling a bit bitter about it, and I can't blame him. You know, yeah. he's obviously very proud of his project and the amount of work and artwork and, you know, man hours that went into it up to this point. And, you know, I'm starting to wonder at some times, was Sonic worth this? Because, you know, I feel like oh, for me it was already got Sonic. Uh, for <laughs> me it was. I, I love me. I loved I, I I it's aged very badly sonic adventure but i still yeah. love it um but yeah so this was it wasn't just obviously sonic adventure if this game was uh, released for launch um it would have been going up against games like obviously crazy taxi um uh was i think one of the earliest ones on there i'm trying to think back uh, i think there was a, a a buggy game um a sand buggy game that yeah they, they, oh and obviously the game that i got on launch actually i believe it was on launch was soul Calibur um yep. to this day still holds up an incredible fighting game put so many hours into that uh go watch tech and the complete history i've done that talk about that in there. um so um yeah 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 uh it, it, it's a sad story um and that's why these these interviews are so important because although i'm sure you know yuji naka and people like sega don't want this story to come out at the end of the day this this is important for um uh uh you know, um, the history of video game preservation. Uh, there's more interviews needed, please, so we can find out these stories before it's too late. All I can um, hope is is mm. that this sees a very similar like kind of thing as to that um, Clockwork Aquario game that was recently yes. rediscovered. I would love to see a team go back to this game, you know, renovate the source code if it's available, and then get this actually released because it's not far off, as we can see. It really all, it ne- all it needs is some frame rate and a bit of... Uh, and a bit of a, a spruce up to the likes of the the graphics. And also, just one final thing. Just looking a bit closer at this. There's an item in Smash Brothers that looks like that ship. And I can't quite get it out of my head. I don't know if anyone else in the chat has noticed that. I'm wondering if that's in any way connected. Or it could just be like 
traditional Japanese things. Anyway, slight observation, not important. Yeah. The colour scheme of the main ship looks so much like the main Lilith Wars Star Fox ship as well. It's not the same shape, but it's the exact same. And the little character popping up in the corner talking to you, just like, you know, um, what's his name? The little frog Blippy or whatever his name was. Uh, Blippy. <laughs> Slippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Blippy's the bloody show my kids were always watching. Blippy! Hey, kids, <laughs> can you say my name? Right, anyway, uh, that's a sad thing that happened. Unfortunately, um, it, uh, my guess is it did happen, but, you know, we got to say allegedly. Uh, yeah, get one person's side of the story. Get this on a compilation with Propeller Arena and a couple of other Dreamcast games that never oh, made yeah. it to a thing. I wouldn't even care. I, I wouldn't even care if it was complete, uh, if it was unfinished. I just want to be able to play these games in an official standard and then um, support the developers in some way. I just want to be able to do that. Yeah, real shame. Real shame that this one never came to be. Ah, uh, what a shame. What a shame. All right, so right. Bye, you go. Goodbye. Goodbye. So, yeah, that's the end of that. Uh, as we move on to some good Sega news. Again, we're back over at Nintendo Life. Great, uh, great place. Great place. Yeah. Now, the people over at Nintendo Life have brought this up, but as did everyone else, and now it's our turn. The Astro City Mini, which I do have. I like my Astro City Mini, mainly because it's got Revenge of Death Adder on there, as, as well as plenty of other games. Most of the time you get ROM, like Mega Drive Minis and, 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 and ROM packs for, you know, Mega Drive Classic Collections, all that sort of stuff. And it's all Mega Drive games. And, you know, now we've got arcade games being able to play very well on your home TV and, and on the little system itself. And there's a sequel coming out to that Astro City Mini, and this one is of the shmup variety. What's the actual name of this thing called? Um, it's got a funky Japanese name. Uh, it's a, it's it's a Tate mode. Uh, Tate Tate, yeah. Yeah, Tate. We we call it Tate, but it's Tate, I believe, uh, which is the vertical orientation of the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, very famous for Astro City candy cabs. Um, yep. And pretty much the only way to play some of these games uh, so that you can see everything. So. Yep. So primarily, these are shmups. There are a couple of games in there that are not. Uh, there's like Wrestle War in there and a few other things. Um, there's, a, there's a bike game here, which, let's be honest, is essentially a shmup. Um, uh, there's obviously ver- uh, isometric games, things like Zaxxon. Uh, is obviously not a, you know, a straight up and down shooting game. There's a couple of games on there that are actually already available quite easily. Things like Strikers 95 and Gunbird. Um, at first, I was like, oh, that's a smaller list of games uh, compared to the f- original Astro City Mini. But again, these are arcade games. And in this instance, I know very little about, what, 70, 80% of the games on here. Um, yeah. I've played them a little bit, um, probably m- almost all of them a bit, uh, you know, when going through main compilations or whatever. But, you know, I would actually play these games officially, officially released versions of these games. Um and, and on the Astro City Mini, and the Astro City Mini is a cool little mini system. This is this is nothing nothing but a good thing. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, the only thing that bothers me about this, and I think we already we 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 chatted briefly about this. It would have been mm. nice to be able to update the uh, Astro City Mini yeah. with like additional things. And in fact, that was one of the features of one of the Neo Geo um, like mini consoles. You could like put in different control methods and then you would unlock different games i don't know if it was that one in particular or is it the taito egret uh which is coming out um relatively soon that allows you to open up things like paddle control with arkanoid and what have you for the the arcade versions of those um mm-hmm. it would have been nice to be able to um download more games but yeah, also yeah, I can you, kind you've of got understand. the ability you've got the ability to be able to do it. You just plug it in it's like literally usb powered <laughs> 
yeah. you could do that. Um, and for the most for most people out there, you're going to be playing it on a big screen. Yeah. So yeah, a little ten, even up to twenty pound download for all of these games. I, I mean, I, I'm actually someone that will probably buy it, but um, it would have been nice for you know. I, it it seems silly. You wouldn't do why you wouldn't do this because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that would pay for that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the uh, the Taito Egret, um, which is the th- this is how it should have really been done, and I can totally see there being like a special edition of this Astro City Mini where the screen is actually rotatable because the Egret Mini has that. Um, yeah, I've sent you a link to the uh, Egret Mini Two, which is getting a European release, which is something that and something else that was announced today. So. Um, pretty handy uh for anybody who likes these like mini mini arcades and fancies getting like a little arcade setup mm-hmm. um of course i'm i'm more into the likes of the sega stuff but um i love the fact that the screens can rotate and really they should have thought about that ahead i feel um that's a weird controller looking on the egret yeah that's the like trackball slash paddle controller if i remember rightly right, right, uh it's weird so it gives you gives you the options there so yeah, that's cool, and that that that's got like forty pre-installed games with, and then an additional ten if you buy the little USB controller to go with it. I love stuff like that. Incentivizes me to collect. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I, you know, don't technically need, but you know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, this would be something I wouldn't get a lot of playtime out of, but I, I, I am intrigued by this because I do have a couple of, uh, excuse me, uh, shmup collections for my Nintendo Switch um and i i really do like i enjoy playing them like the psycho collections uh i had a lot of fun playing gumba 2 and stuff like that so um i i i generally would play these a fair bit but um yeah it's a good move i i think it's a good move it, the, the the real upsetting points about it for me is the fact that this should have really been an upgrade as well as for the original and um there should be more games maybe yeah. another 10 games on there and, and and you know come on this is sega and and, and actual facts not all of these games are sega games uh some of them are not uh so they could have easily found another 10 games to throw on here for sure i, lo- I love seeing the some of the, the the names that they've announced so like uh gunbird is a classic that was re- actually re-released for ps2 if i remember rightly mm, and yeah. dreamcast ride raiden's on there you've got action fighter batsugun um and then you also have the likes of shark 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 not to be confused with that amiga yeah. game we just talked <laughs> about sorry that's not even that well known i just thought i'd mention it for lols um zaxon which is the classic sega shooter uh terra cresta which is a lesser known game um but great shooter um and then truxton too which is also with that tatsujin game which i believe was truxton one in the uk if I'm remembering yeah. rightly. So there's there's some great stuff on there, but the majority, as 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 you say, I I don't know it, and that's kind of why I want it because Yeah, that's the appealing factor for me. Yeah, there's there's just a lot, lot more to um to discover uh, as opposed to stuff I already know and probably got on a million other retro compilations. So the, the, my absolute dream would be if M2 re- did the same thing uh, and did a compilation of their uh, M2 uh, shmup uh and m2 shoot them up i can't think of the name that they have for their games but they are the best versions of classic shmups but annoyingly they only normally chuck one or two on 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 the cartridge and you're basically paying like full price for this japanese import for like one rom but done 
so perfectly. <laughs> I would love for their games to be made onto a, a little collection like this. That would be uh, that would be my that would be my. But uh, hey, yeah. this is a thing that's happening, and I like it. I like it. Yes, more of this, please. More. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I don't know what Battle Back Raid is, but I want to play it. Um, yeah. There we go. One of the games, by the way. Now we're going to be doing a uh, little uh, little crowdfunding check up here. On a website that I've never looked at before. This isn't Kickstarter. This isn't Indiegogo. This is Crowd Supply. And yeah. on Crowd Supply at the moment, you can get yourself a classic NES game system, uh, an open uh, an open source game system that's um, the smallest ever uh, uh, NES game system, but using real hardware. This is not FPGA. This is real hardware. Yeah. There we go. Um, are you getting one? No. <laughs> Neither um, am I. <laughs> so back here, and you'll have to bear with me. I hope my headset cords long enough. I'm just going to have to unplug this thing. I have the only NES I'll ever need, and this is called oh, there it is. Analog NT Mini, which is one of the best retro port, uh, retro consoles you can buy, I believe. Mm. Uh, bloody expensive. <laughs> Completely. This is FPGA. It runs uh, Western and Japanese carts. Um, but yeah. There is absolutely no need to own any other NES. No, um, I mean I'm the same with the uh, my my Mega SG and the Super NT, both analog which, systems, which I also did, have over there. Do you did you did you get yourself an analog pocket? In the I end? didn't. No, I was late no, to the I party on myself. that one. Yeah, I can't bring myself to do it. The, here's the thing about Game Boy games, and I know we're going off topic, but the thing about Game Boy games is the Game Boy plays them pretty much perfectly already. So. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel the need to own something that does it slightly better. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the same with me. I don't have enough of an NES collection to warrant getting what you had there. Um, if it was like maybe up to 150, I could push it. But that was like about five, six hundred pounds, wasn't it? Something like that. It was like silly money. Was it that much? What's that? Sorry. The uh... five, five hundred, six hundred pounds, the, the NES one that you had. Yes. Thankfully, I didn't have to pay import tax on that because otherwise it would have been enough for 140 pounds <laughs> yeah yeah, we, so, we, um, yeah i mean i <clears throat> i don't have enough for an emulation e system it's the retro arch um and the deciding factor with me on the pocket was the fact that oh shall i get it shall i not i have bought that a couple of systems recently you know i'm like hang on i'm getting the steam deck next year i'm all right i'm okay actually because i'm gonna be able to play Game Boy games. They're not going to be as good as the Game Boy Pocket, that's for sure. But um, they will look bloody good on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, so yeah, that's why I went off with it. Yeah, with with the um, with the analog consoles, the the TV ones make more sense to me. One because I've got more nostalgia for them. So being able to play Mega Drive in the best possible way um, with the best possible like audio reproduction on a 4K TV. That's mm -hmm. invaluable to me. You can't do that um, with like a sta with standard hardware, not without modding it to silly ports. And at that point, you might as well be buying one of these like clone consoles mm -hmm. um, because it saves you a hell of a lot more headache. Uh, it made sense to me because it's my favorite console of all time. Uh, I still play it pretty much weekly, mm -hmm. and I I, I, I just yeah. want to support it in a different way. I did the same with Super a Super NT because it it felt wrong doing one and not the other, and yeah, then the Analog yeah, yeah. NT because my Japanese Famicom collection it's just been growing and growing and growing, and then I've also managed to like just find 
you know, Western NES games that I can upscale into 60 frames per second, which is not something you can do on normal hardware. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, so, so obviously we've go, gone off topic here, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just going back to uh, this tiny NES. Yeah. It looks really cool. It looks like it's got that analog style, like design profile. But what it's missing is the ability to actually like play it on HD devices. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Certainly, That's the first thing I looked for. It doesn't warrant the two hundred dollar price point. As much, as nice as it looks, as cool and as you know, fringe as it looks, with the proper hardware built in and everything. You know, I could go down to you know the market and probably pick up an NES at a push for forty pounds. Yeah, and that's what they go for with all of the cables these days, and I would feel like I'm getting exactly what's in this thing, apart yeah. from you know it design. Being smaller. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it's got the same components. Um, it's just on a smaller motherboard, a custom-made motherboard, and that's kind of it. Yeah, but mm. if you like it really, really tiny, this is your thing, you know. So and I, know, I, I can't stop looking at that cartridge when. Uh, so basically, what we're looking at here, sorry for people that are listening, is is literally it looks like it's about the size of a CD case. Um, yeah, f- fatter, maybe yeah, like, like a dual CD case, like an earlier PlayStation One game. Uh, like my copy of Crazy Ivan here. Um, and when you put a cartridge in it like that, it's probably perfectly sized, actually. I, I, I just feel like it's going to wobble around in there. You know, it doesn't look like there's a lot supporting it. I mean, I'm probably wrong. I'm only looking at these this one video looping around. It- and that, is, that is a problem with the Analog NT Mini. I know for a fact it's going to be a problem with one of these. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. It just doesn't really... Uh... It doesn't do anything for me. And, and and it's not just because it's an NES, a system that I don't have a hell of a lot of nostalgia for. If the Mega Drive, if they did the exact same thing for the Mega Drive, I'd be like, that's cool, but why would I have it? Yeah. It's the kind of thing that you'd buy because you want it to be part of the collection, and that's pretty mm. much it. Um, I'm not going to deny its appeal for that. I just mm-hmm. like the fact that someone's iterated on the design of, you know, 40-plus-year-old hardware. Um, and people are still caring about it. They're still renovating it. They're still finding ways to be able to let people play their cartridges, and that's got to be in some way, you know, cherished. Because yeah. you know, at some point, the original consoles will die because it's you know the way it's going to be. Um, so may as well have alternative ways like this in which to keep the keep the old days going. So yeah, absolutely. It's good, so, it's yeah, good for that. It's two hundred dollars, um, which is i'm trying to think if they did the mega drive one the mega drive mini one which is the super no no the mega sg <clears throat> that was about that price too yeah so the the mega sg was 189.99 so about ten dollars cheaper than this uh, mm-hmm. i'm sure it's gone up since uh because of the, the 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 chip prices and what have you um but the closest alternative to this in a hd format using fpga hardware is the retro avs uh which is an nes uh made by uh, i think it's i don't know i think it's the company retro usb um dot com is where you can buy it just uh just take a look at that link i just sent you there okay. um that is you know even though i've got the nt mini i'd kind of want that for the ret- for the the collector's appeal um i love the see-through one they've done it's a bit bit pricey it's 650 dollars. it's not worth it um, but if you wanted to play game like NES games in HD using FPGA hardware on a HD TV on 720p screen, that is the second best way to do it. Yeah, 
There you go. But hey, also, if you want to have a NES in the palm of your hand uh, for about the same price that doesn't play on an HDTV, you've got an option yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And thank you, by the way, people in the uh, chat that are um, uh, following over here on uh, Twitch, by the looks of things. Thank you very much. Um, I, I just saw one there. That one came in. Um, got too many screens open. Uh, King of Carrot Flower, thank you very much. And thank you for your patronage recently as well. Uh, and Sinclair Research, thank you for joining in as well. Very much appreciate having you around. Right. Um, let's move on to the Amiga 500 Mini. Yes. When are these minis going to stop? I don't think they're ever going to stop, and that's because Nintendo showed everyone that they're very profitable, and hey, people agreed that by you buying... Do you not think the fad's on its way out? Uh, not just yet. I think we're, we're a little bit... F um, I think when we get to the Gamecom Mini, uh, that's when it will die. Right. Yeah. I, I think that for genuinely popular systems, I think we're getting quite close to the end now, because now we're starting to do obscure like arcade releases like that one we just talked about earlier on in the podcast like where it's full of shmups yeah like that's 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 obscure there's, there's people out there that will get it but now we've got like the amiga 500 here uh in, in the uk uh, and, and and obviously other parts of europe this is definitely a system that's going to do well um uh, it isn't new news but the fact that they've released the entire game list is new so that's why we're bringing it up again um but it just it just it does make me think like what else is there to do um I mean, the really next, to, yeah, sorry, go on. The next logical step is to pull an Evercade and release a console that lets you just download retro games. Um, and mm -hmm. the only way that's ever going to work is if you get all of the major companies on board, and we all know that Nintendo's not going to do it. It's also this kind of thing that Blaze tried to do with the game gadget, if anyone remembers that ill-fated piece of hardware. That was their original attempt at a handheld console uh, that mm -hmm. kind of failed. It tried to be... Uh, the iPod of uh, retro games, and they they initially stated that they had Sega on board, which they they did. It it launched with about sixteen Mega Drive games, you know the usual, yeah, usual yeah. Sonic One, Altered Beast, all that stuff. Yeah, and they 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 were trying to do similar kind of licensing deals as they're doing with the Evercade now, and it just it just flopped originally. I think they realised that people wanted you know that physical media, and it's really worked out for them with the Evercade. I can see that's how retro mini consoles will go because at the moment they're just mounting, mounting piles of landfill <laughs> as I see it. You know, yeah. the, kind of, the kind of gift purchases that you buy for your retro gamer in the buy for the retro gamer in your life. You know, the kind of person who has pretty much everything else they want but might not have bought this themselves. So it gives you an excuse to buy them something for Christmas. That's pretty much what these things are designed for. I will say, however, this is one of the few mini like consoles i'm actually really interested in and the oh, main God. reason the main reason for that <clears throat> is that you can actually expand it with your own roms you and can they, they encourage it so and, it, and for this particular one it makes sense it would be stupid if they didn't um this is the amiga 500 of course and uh, yeah. they've done the same thing i believe with the commodore 64 uh, they've got to make it a little bit more appealing i mean these aren't i mean these are popular names there's no doubt about it but these aren't the Super Nintendo and the Mega Drive, you know? Um, yeah. It's the same way if Sega decided they would do a Master System Mini, which I really hope they would. Um, I'm they would sure that's to. on the cards. It's got to be. I don't know. It's just, why haven't they done it yet? Um, if they did, they would have to add like 100 games on there or something because can you imagine something like that releasing with like 20 games on it? It'd be like, really? Come on. Um, so I feel like 
that that would be the angle they'd have to go down. The Amiga 500, these like home computer systems rather than home consoles, they have to go down. Yes, you can put your own games on there. Even though you can do that on the Mega Drive Mini and stuff like that already, the fact that they're allowing you to do that straight out of the box and it's actually one of their advertising um the way the ways to actually advertise the system yeah that's that's the way to go yeah, yeah. So, so i go on I, you go down the list let's have a look down on there what ones they actually announced yeah so the usual suspects appear you've got the likes of alien breed 3d and special edition another cool. world which is also known as out of this world in the u.s of um, course that is an absolute classic, by the way. People really need to get onto that if they have never played it before. If you've never played that either as well, you have literally no excuse. It's on everything. And now it's yeah. on this as well. Uh, I mean, literally, I, I, I have a nice little collector set of that, actually, for the Switch, uh, which I, I think I paid full price for. And then about a week after it came out, it went down to like a tenner. Uh, yeah. Because it's on everything. And it's got no monetary value anymore. Uh, it doesn't take away from the fact, though, that it is a fantastic yeah um and then you have the likes of arcade pool all-terrain racing battle chess cadaver uh not familiar with cadaver all that much <laughs> you got the california games which is you know on everything um drag yeah. dragon's breath i believe that's the pinball game which is you missed out chaos engine as well yeah oh yeah chaos engine you can't miss out chaos engine i mean you 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 set you see certain developers that like found their like home ground on certain pieces of the hardware. The Turbo Graphics you had, of course, Hudson Soft. For yeah. uh, Sega, you had the likes of EA. Um, but for the Amiga Amiga Five Hundred, you had British companies like Codemasters and Team Seventeen, mm -hmm. uh, Bit Bitmap Brothers. All of the all of the companies that predominantly made their living through PC gaming really found a home on the likes of Amiga 500, which was that hybrid of PC gaming and uh, console gaming, because it had that 16-bit appeal while having the, the keyboard and mouse support. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they were the ones responsible for the likes of Worms, which is on here. Worms um, on here, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got the... Yeah, you've you got Alien Breed as well, which is Team 17. Pinball Dreams, which is... I believe that was Codemasters. I could be wrong. Or Cygnosis. Cygnosis. Was that them? Uh, I, don't I can't remember. Look. Um, <clears throat> then, you, then you have some Amiga classics like Quack, uh, the Sentinel, Simon the Sorcerer, which is one of the point-and-click games that used the Scum uh, engine, uh, Stunt Car Racer, Speedball Two. Um, Dice did um, Pinball Dreams apparently. Dice. Dice. Yeah. So yeah. that was uh, Battlefield Dice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mirror's Edge. Mm. They, <laughs> and also that Ultra Core game, which. Uh, was long lost uh, around the time the Mega Drive finished production that there was resurrected recently. Mm -hmm. But as I say, the game list doesn't really matter an awful lot because you can put any game you want on here and it isn't hard to find these games. So fill your boots. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a good... Um, I mean, it's, it's quite an obvious list of games for the Amiga 500, but even though we're, we're, we're reeling all out here, it doesn't really matter. Because I'd like to think that the people that would buy this, maybe at least half the people that would buy this, is, is that too high, uh, would add more games on themselves. Yeah, I, I cannot see this being the gift purchase at Christmas. I can see this going to Amiga fans. Yeah. Um, and the, the like, same as the likes of the Commodore 64 Mini that the guys produced previously. That was more for fans. And the higher price point pretty much dictates that. Because yeah, it's yeah. not it, it, this. This is releasing at what 120 pounds, which is 
damn sight more than the likes of the Mega Drive Mini, the Super Nintendo Mini, and the NES mm-hmm. Mini, which was half that. Um, but I can kind of see why, because you're getting the extra controllers, you're getting the, the, the ability to put on any game you want, you know, proper yeah. emulation. You know, it's it's not bad, is it? It's not. It's not. Where mm. do you go from here, though? That's what I want to know. I, I think we, we're likely to see um, a Dreamcast Mini before we see a Master or even a Sega Saturn Mini. I oh, think you'll man. see Dreamcast first. Uh, yeah, because Android can already do Dreamcast. It's, I just think that hardware is going to be more expensive if, if they do go to it. I well, just I, 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 Yeah, but I think it's going to be cheaper to do Dreamcast than it would be for Saturn, and I don't think the market's there for Master System to go worldwide with it. Uh, because even though the Master System has some great games, a lot of the games on the Master System are, unfortunately, uh, all the Mega Drive's out now, you've also got to get that game on the Master System, you know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, it does have it, it does have like some good good exclusives, like your, um, uh, uh, obviously, your Sonics and uh, your Fantasy Zones and what have you. Um, uh, and Fantasy Star as well. So there's definitely some good stuff on there, but uh, I, I think instantly jumping to Dreamcast, I feel the time's right for that. Um, and 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 I, I, it's not the hardest thing to to emulate compared to the Saturn. Um, yeah, it's storage that becomes the issue because I don't know what it is or the reason why specifically. Storage is always the most expensive commodity when it comes to these <clears> devices, <throat> even though you can get <clears throat> SD cards which cost absolute pennies. Um, they always seem to charge like up to a hundred pound for like the uh, for like one hundred twenty eight gigabytes worth of storage space which you're gonna need for the likes of dreamcast you yeah. can't stick shenmue on on much much uh, smaller than that yeah i mean yeah is that, that is a free free four disc game four discs if you add the yeah. passport but yeah um but they're gonna have an instant issue aren't they because what's the obvious top three or four games for the dreamcast obviously you got your sonic adventure you got your jet set radio which has got in licensing hell with music yeah You've got Crazy Taxi licensing hell with music. You're getting into the realm of licensing music. And yeah. unfortunately, I mean, they might do what they did with the PC. We've moved off Amiga now, sorry. Uh, Amiga fans. Um, uh, Speedball 2's on here, by the way. That keeps coming up. Great one. I want to turn that into a complete history very soon, by the way. That might be one of my January complete Speedball, uh, uh, Speedball 2. Um, when, uh, when Sega released Crazy Taxi for the PC, they advertised these new bands, these new punk bands, which were good punk bands, the fact that I'm calling them good punk bands and not actually calling them what they were called tells you the fact that I didn't listen too much. I just remember they were good. Um, I can't remember their names, though. Uh, but what I do remember is that Sega actually went out there and said, oh, and you can also put your own music on there if you want. They told you what folder to put the music in there if you wanted to put your own ones in there. Like, why would Sega do that? Why would Sega advertise? Oh, by the way, we're not putting um, uh, a certain... A certain uh, Orange County punk band on the soundtrack, but here's how you can do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wink, Absolutely. wink. So, I mean, hopefully, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine how they'd ever be able to do that on a on a mini. Um, but hey, um, I mean, that's that's all you want, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that, that's where their issues would be. But I still see it coming before we see a Master System coming. But hey, what do I know? We got the bloody Game Gear Micro, didn't we? Which is one of you the know ones what? I've known. I wish they would do that right. So the Game Boy Micro was ridiculous. It was this Game the size of about yeah, it was the same the size of about a fifty pence piece, probably smaller than the Game Boy Advance Micro, and that was small enough. Um, 
no bigger than one hundred percent a collector's piece and nothing more. Yeah, you 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 wouldn't want to play games on that. I would like to see them do uh, a game gear a game gear mini that is about the size of the Game Gear Kids console and yeah. actually release it as a handheld that you can play. Um, I would buy one. 100%. There are some good Game Gear games. You wouldn't be able to get away with them. There was a McDonald's game and a Popeye game that were both for the Game Gear. I might be getting that wrong. I think they're for the Game Gear. And they're really good. Obviously, I've just said two games that are never going to come out if they ever do do it. Cause they're not going to get the license from Popeye and Game Gear uh, and McDonald's for the Game Gear Mini or whatever, which is, again, a system they're never going to do because they've done it the Game Gear Micro. It was a weird, weird thing to do. That was so shown you know up. What? Where did that come from? I wanted it because, hey, I'm a Sega fan. And I didn't get it because I was like, I, 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 I got a little bit more sense. You know what? You know, this is really going off tangent now, but I want to see the fast food collection. Hell, I want to see the McDonald's Mini, which is the shape of a Big Mac box with mm-hmm. little USB ports on the front for controllers. And it's all of the McDonald's licensed games like Global Gladiators, Mick and Mac, McDonald's Land. I would I would pay good money for that. Mm-hmm. I would pay good money for that. Um, stick on some special guest stars like Cool Spot, Fido Dido games from the Mega Drive era. Give me all of those retro, fast food orientated games because I tell you what, for all of the crap that those those things get on the likes of AVGN and what have you, there are some solid games in that list. Yeah, they're not bad. They're really not bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're really not. They're really not. Um yeah, it, it is weird. That was such a weird move. It really was. Um, like, I like it because it's so weird and stupid, and it does take me back to a time when Sega were, were happy to be weird and stupid. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I see that as a po- I see it as a positive thing. But they got M two to emulate, who are the, the, the kings of emulation um, or ports? Even uh, they got M two to port Game Gear games put them on a system you can't really play and then cut it into four different releases. It was such a strange thing to do, but hey, yeah. this, is, this is Sega. Oh, you, you, you like M2, do you? You want like a perfect version of Sonic the Hedgehog 1 by M2 for the Master System, uh, for the Game Gear. Yeah? Here you go. Play it on this. <laughs> it's like, what has just happened here? It just reminds me of that meme where the guy's like got the little postage stamp and he's like... Yeah. yeah it's like... <laughs> So crazy. Mm. It's, it's a weird thing. But hey, like I say, we're off topic. The Amiga 500 has a, a list of games that are now available, but you can put your own games on there anyway. So at least 50% of the people that are buying this are just going to go delete. Let's put my list on there and we are done. Yeah, um, pretty much. Uh, and then let's not play it because I'm sure the people that are buying this probably have one anyway. It's, 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 it's a it's a HD Amiga. There you go. Yeah. Sorted. I'll tell you what, though. 25 games should be at least mm. especially if you're just going to let people steal them anyway <laughs> yeah i suppose that's what they have got one game on it they, they can get away with that couldn't they yeah there you go. right okay let's let's move on from that topic shall we <laughs> yeah. let's move on from that topic and let's talk about uh oh our game of the year actually that's what we're going hey. to talk about yeah that's it the, uh... so 2021 is coming to a close and now yeah We've got a full year of games to look back on, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to talk about the ones we like because, you know, we've done a lot of that in the the awards episodes of the past yeah, couple, yeah, of, yeah. couple of weeks. So, so um, I, I think the best way to do this is to look at our top five, probably in those specific. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't have a top five. Oh, maybe I do. Maybe uh, I do. Let me think probably, about it. Um... Probably what I'll do is I'll do the, the 
like five to four, uh, five to, to two in like no relative order because you know I'm yeah. a bit funny when it comes to that. And then I'll just pick out a game out of the five that I think deserves like a game of the year award. Okay. Would you like, do the same? Yeah, yeah, I'll roughly do the same. Roughly, I'll, I'll probably talk about five other games on top of my five, but yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. So, starting off the list, uh, definitely Resident Evil Village. Uh, I, I, I think it deserves to be up there. Uh, it's a solid Ooh, game. Oh, your number one. Okay. No, definitely not. I, I feel like when it comes to Resident Evil games, 4 still has that top draw for me. Uh, I do mm-hmm. like Resident Evil 2 Remake a lot as well. It's definitely my favourite more modern Resident Evil games. Um, but when it comes yeah, you've got to Michael Scally in the chat. He's agreeing with you. Resident Evil Village is one of his best, along along with what your number one will be. But carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and then yeah, it's 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 really good. I like the I like it's more action focused because it it breaks up that constant tension filled game that Resident Evil Seven was. Um, I, you need that every now and then. You can't just burn out on just horror, horror, horror because Resident Evil. F- has never been about horror, horror, horror. As much as people f- seem to think it is, it's about trying to survive horror with as little resources as you can get. And um, in some cases, that can lead to really like blockbuster-style action games. So you know, mm-hmm. it, it works. And Resident Evil Four is a great example of that. Um, yep. And that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of Resident Evil Four. It had some great moments, and it had that first-person action that I enjoyed from Resident Evil Seven. So. Yeah, sweet. lots to like. Yeah, sweet. Okay. So you've done Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Do you want to pick one? Oh, oh you'll be going through one by one. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm really enjoying Ghost of Tsushima at the moment. I'm playing through it, but that isn't a game that came out this year. Um, but I've bought the Technically on PS5, version. yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it is one of those naughty games that literally came out a shade over a year ago. You can buy the PlayStation 4 version for about 20 quid. Uh, oh, that's not it. Uh, for about 20 quid uh, or you can spend 70 quid and get this version which is in 4k so i did that uh, and i could play it on my 4k telly that i don't own yet so um yeah i'm enjoying that but no um let's give a shout out to uh let's give a shout out to battle axe yeah i had a lot of fun with battle axe i thought battle axe was blooming awesome it's a short game um but this is from the people that created xeno crisis and um uh, you know, they're, they're from the days of the Mega Drive and stuff like that. So even though it is short, it is actually a fantastic game. And uh, probably, uh, I'd, I'd say it's actually probably the best thing that Numskull have ever put out game gameplay uh, game-wise. I really enjoyed my time with Battle Axe. So there you go. That's my number one. A uh, sort of t- top-down, um, would you say medieval, fantasy-style, um, gauntlet-type game. Really enjoyed it. There you go. That's my, uh, let's let's put that up there. I don't know if it's my top. I don't know if it's number five, but it's in between five and four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that looked that looks solid. That was by this guys who made Xeno Crisis, wasn't it? So Xeno Crisis, indeed, it was. Yes, and uh, cannot wait for their next game. It's probably going to be my game of next year, uh, from what I've heard of it so far. Awesome. Uh, so last, uh, so way back when we started doing the podcast in earnest, uh, January twenty first. Is when we did the first like proper this style format. Yeah, we're not far off that one year anniversary. Um, we talked about a game called New Pokemon Snap, um, which is a game I was looking very much forward to because I played the N sixty four game sure. on on repeat. Um, even to this day, I still play the N sixty four game. I really enjoyed the Switch game, and it's one of those completely passive. Don't have to 
no stakes just enjoy a game about photographing little animals as they go about their daily business and then pester them by throwing them apples at them and you know just try and coerce them into a really good pose so you can get some points and it expanded on that gameplay considerably lots of new pokemon to take photos of and it it's one of those games I'd recommend if you weren't a Pokemon fan or wanted to try Pokemon and see what kind of like characters were about but you didn't like turn-based RPGs. It's the first port of call. It's one of those games that's just super fun to play and you don't need to be a fan to enjoy it. Um, it's just yeah, I, it's a game I need to pick up because I really enjoyed the N64 one. I just haven't played the new one. It's, uh, my sister's got it, so I'll, I'll steal it off her. Yeah, definitely. Definitely do that. Definitely steal it off your sister, everyone. That's the that's the <laughs> best way to enjoy because there's the secret ingredient is crime, as they say. Absolutely, absolutely. So this is a weird one. I've got a few weird ones here because honestly, when I look back, I haven't actually played through a hell of a lot of big AAA type games. Uh, my number one, I have uh, might have already been mentioned. We'll see. But one I really did like that was kind of an add-on. Um, very short, but I literally could not put it down until I hundred percented it completely. Was Super Mario World 3D World, but more importantly, what I'm talking about is Bowser's Fury, the little extra that they added. I could not stop playing that. Um, again, I know this is an old game that they've they've redone, but that little extra, that's just a teaser for things to come. And for the couple of days it took, a couple of evenings or three three evenings maybe it took to complete that, I could not stop playing it. I thought that was such an awesome way uh, to take Mario into a sort of kind of open world setting. I'm, I'm feeling the open world games at the moment. That's normally Sony's bag. And obviously I'm playing for Ghost of Tsushima at the moment. And, um, you know, like they did the same thing with Spider-Man and all that sort of stuff. But, or Miles Morales. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed Bowser's Fury. Just constantly going around, collecting all of the cat shrines or cat shinies, whatever they were called, and constantly trying to get away from the enormous Bowser that would just bellow up from the middle of the game, trying to dodge him, and then every so often turning it around, and then you turn into the big bad guy. I thought it was such a cool mechanic. Um, I'm not sure how they can turn it into a full game, so maybe having that as a small free two or three evening experience that completely 100% it is actually the perfect way to, to make a game like that. But... um the future's bright for 3D Mario games, and normally when a 3D Mario game comes out, it's normally right at the top of my um, uh, game of the year list anyway. But I really enjoyed yeah. that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and the uh, the Bowser's Fury stuff, it kind of added something to that. Because I remember when Super Mario 3D World first came out on Wii U, it's kind of met as like a bit of a damp squib, even though I really enjoyed that game. Um you know, it was it was just liked. It wasn't like Mario Odyssey. Oh, this is like the future. This is great. This is exactly mm -hmm. what we've been waiting for. It kind of gave a bit of Mario Odyssey to the Mario 3D World formula, and that's a lot. Yeah. Of, that's a lots of love about that. If they can make that like just that DLC, just like a mini game to add like every few years, it would be it would be super solid. You know, yeah, that's really how Mario would. games should be just fun and you know explorative. Can you imagine um, Nintendo doing something like that? <clears throat> that just fair. would not happen. Yeah. So speaking of a game, you know, a kind of... And, and sorry, before going ahead, shout yeah. out to a few people here. Michael Towns is saying that Bowser's Fury was really good. Uh, Republican of Game is saying, oh, God, yeah. So there's a few people out there that like played it. It was such a short experience, though, like many other people. He's like, oh, God, yeah, that came out. And obviously, yeah, that was actually a really good time. Um, I quell, I'm, I'm seeing you there. Uh, that's that's going to be one of my next ones that I'll be chatting about. And there's a few other people there. 
Um, uh, the new uh, snap was great, says Michael Towns as well, but the Joy-Con drift ruined it hard for me. <laughs> Never a good thing when you're playing a precision uh, photography game, I suppose. Um, for that one, uh, yeah. Uh, Genshin Impact uh, from Sensible Person was probably the best one for him or her, Sensible Person. Yeah. yeah. Car- sorry, carry on. So, yeah, talking about like DLC and just co- and constant support, one thing that really surprised me this year, and it definitely deserves a Game of the Year mention, even if the game is, what, 20 years old, is Quake. Uh, Quake Remastered this year just blew me away in terms of what you could offer in a retro package. So oh, yeah, let me yeah. just let me just go through the list of things you can get. So you had the initial Quake. You had the expansions that were released way back in the 90s. Then you had all of the expansions that had been iterated upon and released since. You had new campaigns, and they just added a new campaign about a couple of weeks ago. Then you have Quake 64, complete with a CRT filter and the kind of blurriness and the removed levels and the extended levels that they had. Night Dive Studios did a fantastic job. And if you ever want like the masterclass of how to put together a retro gaming package, you know, mm-hmm. just bringing back an old game from the dead and then giving it a new look of pain and giving it a whole new thing. It's Quake is the way to go. Um, it doesn't matter if you like the game or not. You've got to appreciate the level of love they put into it. Yeah, definitely Quake. Absolutely, yeah. And um, yeah, continuing on with like DLC type things because I just really like them. This is definitely not a new game, uh, but I'm not never going to ever shut up about it. But this year, we finally got to finalize everything to get the complete version of Streets of Rage 4. The DLC they added to this, the um, Mr. X's Nightmare, freaking awesome. Like, that was one of the worst streams I did this year because when I was playing it, I just <laughs> forgot I was streaming. And I was doing it with yourself as well, Grizzly. Me and you That's just right, playing yeah. Mr. X Nightmare, just fully getting soaked into it. It was, um, like, even though I'm a fan of 1, 2, and 3, like, it is it's made Streets of Rage 4 the best multiplayer game out of all of them. Um, the the add-on they added in there to, to be able to just constantly try and see how far you can get throughout all of the levels and, see, you know, like the... It was such a perfect way to round up a really good package and I'm yeah. so excited for the next step. And I, I say it's not... I know it's not a, um, a, a proper um, uh, game because, like I say, the, the, the original Streets of, Streets of Rage 4 came out... Was it 19? 2019 really? yeah but um what a brilliant way to round up a perfect game i really yeah I, I mean if you if you consider streets of rage 4 as a vanilla experience as like a 9 out of 10 it was just like sonic mania when encore come out by the way it's it's very much the same thing so uh if streets of rage 4 was a 9 out of 10 uh mr x nightmare made it that 10 um mm-hmm. that 10 out of 10 because it was just added more replay value and to be honest you get more hours of content out of something like Mr. X Nightmare than you would out of most AAA games on the market today. Yeah, you really um, would. You really would. Of just yeah, fun, well engaging gameplay. It's just brilliant. It's so good. So good. So yeah, that that's up there for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I might be running out of spaces, but carry on uh, okay. in my top five. <laughs> yeah, I'm down to two myself. So uh, the next one up is from Housemark. It's Returnal. So... Returnal's like the the big AAA like release in here. I know we've already spoken about Resident Evil Village, but um, yeah, I loved Returnal. Um, I love my roguelike games. I especially like roguelike games when they click because there's always that moment. 
there's always that start of like playing games like Dark Souls or um, playing, you know, Returnal, Rogue Legacy, where you think, ah, oh, you know what, this game's a bit difficult. I don't know if this one's for me. And then you just break through. You get through that barrier, and then you find yourself like instead of struggling on boss two, you end up going from boss two all the way to the end of the game because you've just figured it out. Yeah, and that yeah. that that's what I got from Returnal. Um, it's a great looking title. It plays fantastically. Um, it took a lot of my uh, time, and to be honest, it hit me right at the time where I needed something else to focus on, mm-hmm. and you know, I probably cleared it a far more quicker because, you know, it just got me through a really difficult time. So it holds a special place in my heart for that reason alone. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something I go back to every now and then because I just love that game. Really yep. good. Sweet, sweet. So um, I've got a couple of honourable mentions here. I haven't given them enough time um, before I get into that. Oh, no, 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 I'll do, I'll do this one here, actually. Let's do this. So a couple of games that I really like. I do love me some good arcade racer games. And I might be wrong in saying this is a 2021 game, but the back of the box says it is. Um, the back of my very annoying, the code is in the box box, which is the only Switch game I have that has the code, download code only. But Hotshot Racing, I instantly knew how to play that game. I put it on and I just instantly felt, it just felt right straight away. Um Hot Wheels Unleashed for the PlayStation 5 is a game that took me a little bit longer to really get to grips with, um, uh, with, with the drifting. But now I'm getting closer and closer and closer. It's a freaking awesome game. Both games, though, I will say, are quite short. Uh, and I do feel like I'm being constantly thrown DLC in my face when it comes to Hot Wheels Unleashed. Uh, as, great as, a good, uh, as great as an arcade racer it is... Um, and, you know, and 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 they they've really nailed the fact that uh, unlocking little cars to collect and look at and play with, like that was what Micro Mach- oh, sorry uh, Hot Wheels is all about. And the fact they've actually managed to replicate that into the game is actually quite exciting. Um, but you are constantly being teased. And look at all of these Batman ones you can get if you pay for it. And I'm like, come on, man, this is a day one edition, and already you're telling me to buy stuff. Um, so um, I think Hot Shot Racing is the slightly better game. For me, because I'm a big fan of like the classic Sega Daytona type games, but um, uh, when when I picked up Hot Wheels Unleashed, I, I was expecting it to play a little bit more like Burnout, and that isn't the case. When you do nail the drifting mechanics and stuff on Hot Wheels Unleashed, though, it is still a fantastic game, and um, I've had a lot of fun playing that with my son. I've only had it for about a month, but uh, I'm enjoying it. So yeah, cool. And uh, Michael Town saying, uh, yeah, Hot Wheels looks cool. Mario Kart style drifting mixed with Trackmania. Yeah, it's very, very Trackmania. Uh, I think it plays better. Um, more arcadey than Trackmania, not better. Um, but yeah, it feels more like that sort of thing. Um, uh, so yeah, carry on. Right. So we're down to my uh, my top pick. Is this your top one, the next one? I've, I think it is. So I think oh, people good. might see this one coming. Um, okay. It's Psychonauts 2. Um, there's a lot of reasons for it to be fair. Again, it was it came out around the time where I needed to put my focus into something else. Um, it also hit me in in areas which I never thought it would hit. Um, again, I can't go into too much detail. I don't want to turn this into something soppy. Um, but yeah, Psychonauts 2 is genuinely one of the most creative, one of the most the best story driven games, and also much better than it has any right to be. 
you're talking about like a game that took almost what 15 20 years in the making mm-hmm. from first to second and it came out as good as it did i i believe double fine deserves all of the praise tim schaefer and his team deserve all of the praise in what they've achieved with with psychonauts 2 and not only that but we give microsoft a lot of stick on this uh, on the podcast especially during the early stages because that was well and truly within the swing of the xbox one and everyone had kind of written it off at that point you you turn around and go right xbox one bit of a duffer wasn't it because they had that whole like really poor launch like reputation going on and they never really seemed to like get out of it now we're now we're looking at stuff like game pass and you know I initially saw Game Pass as a bit of like Netflix versus PlayStation Cinema, where you got like the typical made for TV style movies being presented on a subscription format. Um, whereas PlayStation would be your cinema, your events, you get stuff like Returnal, you get Ghost of Tsushima, which are all high grade AAA experiences. They're like Marvel films versus DC in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, psychonauts 2 is the game that proved me wrong on that and it may not look like it at first but give that game a try especially if you're on xbox if you're on game pass you already have access to it get it played because it's worth every second of your time genuinely yeah that that's that's creeped right up the uh, i need to play that one day list um so i've i've, I've messed up in the amount of ones i had left because i had a number two and a number one so if i was going to knock one out of my top five it'd be the racing games uh the hot wheels and the um uh, hot shot uh, racing. Uh, before I get into the top two, let's give a couple of uh, honourable mentions, uh, which I've got right here. Um, Kina, because I haven't played it yet, uh, but I'm really looking forward to playing through Kina for the PlayStation. Yeah, I want to give that one a go. Actually, I said I'm I heard excited about that. Things. So that that's up there. Uh, like I say, I'm playing through Ghost of Tsushima at the moment. I'm enjoying that, but that's not exactly a new game. Um, so honourable mention, shout out to Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. It's literally what it says on the tin except for the mini games um being a little bit underwhelming uh, unfortunately the actual game itself is typical monkey ball and i really enjoy playing this and i still pick this up all the time play for it with the uh, with the family um ratchet and clank rift, rift apart i'm really enjoying it but for whatever reason i should stop playing it as did uh the same with fist for the playstation 5 which i forgot to get down actually uh, a good game um uh, but obviously something happened where it didn't catch me completely and I just stopped playing. So I'm going to have to go through and play it again uh, from the beginning. Um, and I've literally only just got this and I've only played it the one time. But ah, uh, Demons of Astborg for the Mega Drive is a very, very good Mega Drive game. And it deserves, it's not a game of the year game, but it's <laughs> it deserves some major, major props for being probably the best Mega Drive game since Xeno Crisis. Um, I mean, the competition, there is there is competition in that field, believe it or not. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, still a great game. Um, uh, really enjoying it. Now, in number two, and I was really differing between this and my number one. And as you finish, I'll do both of them. This is number two, Metroid Dread. I've That's on very my much... playlist. Yeah. Yeah. I very much liked Metroid Dread. The only thing that let it down for me was... It was so repetitive. Um, I liked the sets. I thought it looked really nice. Everything about it. Uh, and I don't want to try and really spoil anything, but obviously you've seen the trailer, those like creepy-looking, portal-looking things that come and get you. You do a load of stuff. You get a slight power-up. 
you kill one of them, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And it's just that five times. Um, unfortunately, uh, that's really the only bad thing because even though it is a repetitive game, the actual gameplay itself is fantastic. It was really, really nice Metroid Dread game. Um, and uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. But like I say, it, it was a slightly repetitive game. Um, you know, it, it is a Metroidvania S game for people that don't like that terminology but uh, i i'd hope so <laughs> yeah exactly but what what we will need to realize is that metroidvania games are really big uh at the moment in this scene and there's people out there that are doing them better um in my opinion metroid yeah. has got the name it's part of metroidvania <laughs> but it's got competition now and if you take the fanboys the, the, the nintendo fanboys away and you put this game up against um, I, I always talk about it something like an ori in the blind forest or uh or even like, verge yeah axiom verge and stuff like that yeah you, you you really do start seeing the lines blur there hollow knight like i i'd say hollow knight is better than metroid dread personally um uh so uh yeah like i i enjoyed it but i enjoyed it just because it's a very good metroid game metroid 2d game it just it needed a little bit more um because when was the big epic battles and the big wow moments that I got when I played things like uh, Super Metroid? Um, so yeah, um, I, 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 I guess think... I, I think well, it's fair to say, like, you, 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 it's really fair to say that um, where where are the most big moments? But in reality, things just seemed much bigger when it was on sixteen bit hardware, didn't it? You know that oh yeah, that it green did. filling crate. It doesn't yeah. have the same impact that it used to. That's for sure. No. And but, that's um, the thing, Metroid. Dread kind of coasts on nostalgia, and that's kind of what's put me off playing it just yet. But I do have a copy that I will, uh, I've been reserving for Christmas while I while I'm on my travels. So yeah, um, uh, Metroid Fusion, um, I would say is a better Metroid game as well. Um, I'd say this is probably if I if this and Super Metroid came out at the same time, I'd I'd, I'd almost move closer to Metroid Dread. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think Metroid's done it better, and I think the Metroidvania scene is is doing it better. Like uh, you, you, you compare this to Bloodstained, I think Bloodstained's one. But it's, I, regardless, it's still a very good Metroid game, and I've always got time for two D Metroid games or and three D Metroid games, and I think this was a good one. And it's because of that that my number one is the already mentioned Village. I thought Village yeah. was freaking awesome. Um, very few times when you complete a game. Uh, do I either instantly want to play it again, or like I, I, I'm t oh my god, guys, you're, you're telling my non-gamer friends about it and boring them, or trying to go around and just collect the little extra bits that I need. Like very few games do that. Go to Tsushima's doing it for me right now, and Village did it to me earlier this year. Um, you know what? I'll agree with that. It's one of the few games I've went straight back to play again. Yeah, really enjoyed it. So there you go. It's my number one, um, closely followed by Metroid Dread. And um, that's why I'm so excited about the fact that that, that fan made that uh, Resident Evil Village, what was it, uh, Residentvania, I think you called it? Yeah. yeah. If that ever happens and it plays well, I'm going to be all about that. <laughs> Metroidvania Village 2D game. Yes, please. Definitely, yeah. It looks, that looked awesome. I remember that. And you could play it. It was just, it, I can't see it going any further than that, sadly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Just... absolutely. Ah, so there we go. That is that. And um, that's our top games of the year. Have you got any uh, stinkers you want to chat about? Right. I think let's let's just do the one because we still have and the rest to talk yep. about. So um, I think we're both going to agree on this one. So let's just throw it out there. 
Taxi Chaos. That was this year. That was a game that happened. Was it actually this year? That was a terrible game. <laughs> so Taxi Chaos, if wow, people are I not aware. that was this year. Would you be able to put a video up on the yeah, screen? Yeah, I'll get it up. So imagine thinking that um, you wanted to replicate the wonder that was classic Dreamcast era Sega. You wanted to bring back that arcade experience of taxi-based racing slash, uh, you know, fair pickup and what have you games. Taxi Chaos was that. Um, and it basically positioned and advertised it as the um, <laughs> as the spiritual successor to Crazy Taxi. Um, it was anything but. Uh, it was awful, genuinely awful, completely flat in terms of everything. Look at those physics. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's very broken. Uh, I started a level once. Uh, you can actually find the clip of it as well uh, on, on, on Twitch. Uh, I literally started the level under a car and couldn't get away from it. Yeah. It's yeah. really broken. Um, I managed to get the company to send it to me. And I, I when a company personally sends me something, um, I... I, I I do try and go a little bit nicer, you know. Okay, let, let, let's 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 actually be honest here. Let's not just go in balls deep. Everything's bad. Everything is rubbish. Every single thing about a a movie or a game is terrible because that's not the case. But it, I really struggled to find the good in this game. It felt bad. It looked bad. The physics were terrible. And I'm like, uh, and by the end, I'm like, I can't hold this back, guys. This is so so yeah. bad. When when a game shows you its cards. In the first five minutes of play, you know you've mm. got a bat. You know you've got a stinker on your hands, and you know I I try to find ways and things about this game that I wanted to like. Mm -hmm. um, so what I did is actually go. If you've got Spotify on the PS4 or PS5, you can actually play music in the background. I tried putting the the crazy tactics <laughs> in the background, and it did make it slightly better. I've that uh, no word of a lie. It made it slightly better because for a moment. For a moment, if I squinted at the screen and then just listened to Dexter Holland singing "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah," I could almost make out playing "Crazy Taxi." Mm -hmm. But then you open your eyes and then you realise what you're playing, and then you know the hardest part was having to review it for a website uh, because you know I had to play more than definitely more than an hour so I could get a feel for what the rest of the game yeah, was like, yeah. and there was nothing else to find. So. Mm -hmm can imagine what it's like trying to and, and this is a game i know there was a lot of people in the chat that were talking about like would would we pay like full price for a um like these amico games and stuff like that but like this was a game you're looking at it i was expecting maybe a 10 pound game for the switch potentially a uh, push this was a full price release physical game uh, and if you remember as well some of the uh it wasn't just the game that was bad it was the marketing when they were actually saying oh sega are behind this and then say yeah. like, no we're not and that was the end of that that, that news story. <laughs> yeah, they said that it, for distribution in Japan, Sega is involved, and then Sega just went, um, "When when were you going to tell us?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so it's not. Just <laughs> awful. So yeah, I don't know if you've got any additional ones to add there, but I think that's a pretty solid lunker. Yeah, I mean, I, I've only really got this to add uh, as a bad game that I've played because uh, the other one that's worth bringing up that I haven't played, uh, and it's definitely worth a mention at least, uh, you know, we're a retro gaming podcast, let's chat about GTA, the uh, definitive trilogy edition, let's try and add more words in title. Um, uh, I mean, I wasn't that excited about it in the first place, if I'm honest. Um, Grand, 
games like Grand Theft Auto and even Grand Theft Auto itself has progressed, not just in the sense that, you know, the world's bigger, you can do more in it, but the actual stories and the missions actually get better. If you play GTA 5 and then compare that to GTA 3, you realize how basic of a game GTA 3 actually was. It was constant fetch quests um, and the occasional interesting thing um, to do. So going playing that with a slightly polished gameplay wasn't really at the top of my I want to do this list. Yeah. Um, but it uh, turns out that they, they they messed up in every single possible way. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that that that's that's probably the true bad game of the year. But for me, games I've played personally, yeah, Taxi Chaos. Let's give it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Let's give some shout out to some of the uh, shout out uh, some of the people here that have given their uh, suggestions. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Uh, it's obviously a lot of people are saying um, obviously Resident Evil Village. I would say that's probably the game of the year all around. Um, put Dread on my Christmas list. Says Republic of Game. Yeah, I think you're gonna have a good time of it. I mean, I'm saying negative things, but I still had a great time, and I've put it above you know other games I've put on my list. So you know, it's still a good game. Um, Emmy says she's never played a monkey ball game before. Got to fix that, Emmy. Got to fix that. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, I saw... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm seeing pretty much the same games over and over. More Village, more Village. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 was one of my favourites of the year, says Chevmatic. That's cool. That's cool. Um, James Pond 2. I think that's not maybe not this year. Although probably they released that on everything. Um, there we go. Let's leave it there. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. Nice. Should we go into the uh, the final topics of conversation? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's do a quick quick burst through because yeah, there's uh, quick fire. some in- interesting stuff. So, um, <laughs> D makes very uh, very uh, big thing on Slopes Cast recently. Yeah, We've we chat about the past D few weeks, mm-hmm. um, especially from the guys like Jay Wee, um, who seems to be doing a D make uh, two D makes a week. Yeah, God knows how he finds the time. I can barely find the time to do the thumbnail. So uh, fair play to the guy. This isn't Jay Wee on the screen. Uh, what you're looking at is a version of F-Zero on the ZX Spectrum. So you could call it F-Zero Z- ZX if you want hey. to. Or you could call it Space Racing because they don't want to get sued. Which is fair enough, to, to be honest. You yeah, know. completely fair enough. Totally not <laughs> F-Zero. Uh, I actually tagged them in uh, on Twitter today and they saw it and they retweeted when I said, oh yeah, totally not F-Zero. So they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um it's very technically impressive, yeah, but also completely unplayable. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played it. I'm just going by what I'm looking at. It looks unplayable to me. Uh, the The actual ships themselves look quite nice, you know, flicking between left and right. There's only really three uh, frames of animation: left, right, and forward. Um, but the gameplay, the actual uh, the the surface, they've tried to recreate that mode seven style, and they've actually done it quite well, considering it's a ZX Spectrum. Uh, Regardless, it doesn't look. It's almost impossible to work out where the actual track is. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Going back and playing the original F Zeros on the Super Nintendo is quite jarring for people that haven't ever grown up with them anyway. So doing it on a ZX Spectrum is actually going to be even more hardcore. Um, oh yeah. Hey. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how long this takes to load? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's it again. Yeah, technically impressive. Don't know why you'd want it, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad that people are trying this out and yeah. you know, building homebrew releases, even if they are like re- uh, demakes like this, because it looks awesome. It's and like they haven't that, done um, any kind of technical stuff with the hardware. This this would literally work on original hardware. 
and uh, it, it kind of reminds me of that Sonic 8-bit on C64. That uh, Did we discuss that last week? I can't remember now. I, I believe so. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 again, was very technically impressive. And, uh, you know, I just, love to, I just love to see like this. It's nothing but good. Yeah. Um, but let's talk Talking about... of demons. <laughs> Want to play Cuphead on the uh, Atari 2600? Because you can. Just because you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you want it's to? Like... It's. I, I swear, what he's done is he's just changed the sprite from his Contra on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred and changed a few things. Actually, that no, that's that's being really unfair because there's a lot more that's gone into this. Yeah. I don't know how he's getting through these so quick. Like, yeah. just doing. This, I mean, like, he's not making games. full games. He's making a level. Next one, next, and he just does another because he doesn't stop. If I actually show up on the screen, uh, this is Jay 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 Yeah. Um, on his YouTube channel, uh, we talked about it last week. He did the Friday the Thirteenth and the Contra game. Um, there's even a preview of a Metroid Dread NES uh, uh, style D make. Um, which, to which be looked... fair, is, is mostly just Metroid, isn't it? <laughs> actually, I'd say the actual um, oh wow character animation themselves actually looks better than the Metroid they had on the uh, NES. Like more obvious to what the character actually is. Um, yeah, they, they they've done loads uh reopen close tab um just closed it down unfortunately um what else has he done uh obviously done cuphead he's done uh celeste for the nes bloodstained curse of the moon um axiom verge for the zx spectrum uh shovel knight for the zx spectrum he doesn't stop hollow knight for the atari 2600 hollow knight wow that'd be interesting yeah uh it's almost like he's building like a um a demo reel for you know, a job. I I like what this guy does. I want to see more, and we'll keep. Well, I think we'll keep talking about it every time it comes up. But you know, he's taken way too many main topic <laughs> uh, slots because it's uh, very impressive stuff. It's prolific. That's, that's it's fair to say. Like Axiom yeah. Virgin NES is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these these like I say, for the most part, these are just demos. But the fact that someone's going out of their way to to turn put Celeste on the NES. Um, it's impressive. Very impressive yeah. stuff. Um, well done, mate. And hopefully we continue talking about you because it's, it's, it's cool things. You know, it'd um, be really cool to have him on the show. What do you reckon? If we could yeah, I'll him. try and get hold of him. Try and get hold yeah, of him. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> now, now for the Die Hard trilogy. Yes, that would definitely make a topic if they made a new Die Hard trilogy. <laughs> um, Gex, the forgotten 90s video game mascot, might be coming back because... Uh, it's tail time. That's why. Yeah, I... No one wants this. I don't know if there's really a following for Gex. I might be wrong. I'm sure if I type Gex in, I, I don't want to type Gex into DeviantArt actually, because you know what that's going to come back with. But um, <laughs> tail time, that's for sure. <laughs> definitely tail time. <laughs> uh, Square Enix have, have, have put the trademark in for for more Gex. Uh, well, not not necessarily for more Gex. Just put the trademark in so people are speculating the fact that there might be a new Gex on the horizon. Um, at, at most, you're gonna. It, it, hey, this might happen. They they did they did say that uh, people are, uh, are able to make games on their older IPs. You know, obviously with their involvement. So maybe someone out there is gonna do this. You never know. There could be some indie studio goes, oh, we could make a Gex game. So it might happen. Uh, my guess is it's gonna be more closer to like a trophy in a in a, in, in in like a Smash Bro type game thing. I don't know. Or we're gonna see Gex trilogy remastered who wants that 
Are you I not do. bothered? Do you? I do. Because if Bubsy can get a re- if Bubsy can get new games in 2020 and 2019, yeah. Gex deserves his own games. And you know what? I got a secret love for the Gex games. Uh, especially the original Sega Saturn slash 3DO game, which I actually have um somewhere in the room. Um <laughs> and then the the N sixty four and PlayStation games, I genuinely love them. Uh, I've it's the kind of thing you play as a kid, and because you don't really know any better, or you've kind of like grown up playing platformers, you just accept it. And um, I I've never liked the humor, no. <laughs> like, uh, but I I I I do like the games. I just find them, you know, in their own quirky way, somewhat. Marzipan attackies, and I would love a guest trilogy. Yeah. Um and Michael Towns brilliantly says extra slope extra slope should be renamed to Gextra Slope. Um, yes. Yes. I agree. Gextra Slope. Please. Gex never went away, says Blue. Hey, look, maybe I didn't realise there was this hardcore Gex following out there, or maybe you guys are trolling me. I don't know. And I just I, say, I kind of don't care because I'm like, why who wants this? Back in the nineties, he had a lot of material to work from because his entire shtick was pop culture references. Can mm-hmm. you imagine? what he could do with an extra 30 years of pop culture. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's painful to, to imagine. Gex is back, baby. Don't don't even try and stop this forward momentum because you're just going to get squashed, my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gex, Gex if Square eat. Enix are allowing people to make games based off their old IPs, maybe they can allow someone to make a Tomb Raider game. Ooh, burn. I quite like the new Tomb Raider games. I thought that new trilogy was awesome. Yeah, you already had like three like new Tomb Raider games. Give Gex a chance. <laughs> no, no, no. Make a new Tomb Raider instead. Let's talk about Gex, baby. Right. Anyway, I'm g- stop me, please. Want to have Gex on the beach? Right. <laughs> um, so remember when we said last week that even though we don't like NFTs, it is the future of gaming because everyone's bloody doing it. Uh, and it was like it was it was a, it was a painful truth when I said that thing. Mm. Well, that thing is kind of a thing because Peter Molyneux's NFT game, which isn't even out yet, has yeah. already sold fifty million dollars worth of land. This isn't the first time we've seen this. So I remember a time when the virtual chat room thing, uh, you know, Second Life, came out. And it was considered like Wild West territory where people were buying up pieces of land to then rent to people in Second Life so mm-hmm. they can build houses or, you know, experiences. And most of them ended up being like sex dungeons or something like that. But it, anyway, you, people bought land and then people rented that land off the people who bought it. Um this is not going to be much different by the sound of it. And I'm not surprised that NFTs have started doing really well for Peter Molyneux. I am not surprised at all. He is a high profile example of someone who's bringing this scam to light. <laughs> and I'm going to call it that. I'm going to continue to call it that because that's exactly what it is. Peter Molyneux loves this kind of shtick. You yeah. Know? I mean, we're talking about the guy who forced millions of people to click on a cube for fun. So. You know, yeah, and then gave nothing for a reward <laughs> except yeah. an empty promise. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so if you say NFT, you're making an NFT game, you can make yourself a cool fifty mil. Yeah, because it, yeah. NFTs only ever benefit the people at the top as a pyramid mm. scheme. That's what this is. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah, and yeah, like I say, people that people that are buying these NFTs, uh, less than ten percent of them are gamers. And, and, and I'm not saying that we're some kind of cool elite club. Like, oh, you're not a gamer. You're not supposed to play. But 
yeah. people aren't buying this to 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 game with. They're not buying these game assets to game with. They're buying these these the, the, these game assets because they're NFTs, so they can sell them for more money in the future. That's all this is. That's all it is. Yeah, there's only two reasons why you want to spend money on digital content. You either want it for status or you want to sell it on. There's that's it. That Those is it. Only two reasons. That is it. That is it. Uh, continuing on with NFTs though. Speaking of which, <laughs> Funko Pop NFTs are here to make the world just a little bit worse. Thank you, PC uh, PC Gamer, for that awesome headline. Hmm. Yeah. So my original subheadline for this one is because of course they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it I makes it right. makes more sense for I, I I don't like it, but it makes more sense for Funko to do NFTs than it does Peter Molyneux. Yeah, but Funko's major thing is not so much in the actual product of the Funko Pop. It's the licenses that those Funko Pops are based on. Yeah. They're not going to be able to NFT Alice in Wonderland or anything like that, are they? Or Disney or Marvel. That's a very good point. Um, so what's, what's the appeal? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe <laughs> they might have licensed that. I wonder if there's some kind of weird speculation in their uh, their contracts where they are able to get away with it because you do it's it's not just the Funko Pop like plastic figures, is it? You normally get so many different weird things like keychains and God knows whatever else. So possibly, I don't know. Yeah, it's just silly. I mean, they they've announced here we go in in the article they announced the Bob Ross NFT um thing, which I'm pretty sure that Bob Ross himself, if he was still with us. <laughs> would hate this yeah he would genuinely despise this whole thing and i'm surprised bob ross's estate allowed this to happen yeah i mean the the what they say in the article is just proof in the pudding you know it's like bob ross the guy who drew happy little trees is now contributing to the destruction of oh to be fair it, it, it is slightly old news that the it's destroying the world but i agree he wouldn't like it regardless. I mean, I don't know. My guess mm. is he would Which finally leaves us, because I just want to move on. Bloody NF. Yeah. Uh, Sega fans rallying around. <laughs> this, An this old just, bit of art. Go on, this, you go. This, you is, go. this is just funny. I, it reminds me of a more innocent time where Sega was actually on a bit of a renaissance um, where they were <laughs> releasing various licenses, and these were the flagships. You had Super Monkey Ball. You had Bayonetta. You had Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, and then Aliens. So they put them into a nice heartwarming heartwarming home image um, of them being yeah. at, in a Christmas setting. And I thought it'd be just be nice for an image as we close out the last Slopes cast for the year. <laughs> I love it. I genuinely love this. I want this to be like a wallpaper. If it wasn't in portrait, it would absolutely be already. It might be my phone wallpaper from now on. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I thought I might have to make that a thing. It's so weird, uh, but yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you all so so much for your support this year. Um, we are going to be coming back on January fourth for the first podcast of twenty twenty two, and that will be the first podcast of January. And it will only be a couple of podcasts away from our one year anniversary of doing Slopes Cast. Uh, we'll let you guys know what's going down as and when. Um, whether we do come some kind of special event or whatever, but. We're at the end yeah. of the podcast right now, guys. That's it. Yeah. So I think now's as good a time as any. Um, no matter what religion you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you celebrate, if you celebrate anything at all, all we ask over the next couple of weeks is that you eat lots of food, 
be very, very merry, spend time with family, friends, loved ones, or just anyone that will uh, be there with you and just have a great, great Christmas and a happy new year. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Really, really enjoyed doing this. Have yourself a good Christmas or whatever it is you celebrate. And uh, this is DJ Slope and Grizzly signing out. And we'll see you guys next. See bye you next bye. year. Bye. bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time